quick shout out to all of our sponsors. Started with Taigatu. This is a brand that's based out here in the Northwest. Started by two brothers and their motto is freedom from ordinary. This brand is an amazing lifestyle brand. Go check them out. Taigatu. Use the code TOPRATINGMMA for a discount at the checkout. Reweb, they're a veteran-owned digital marketing agency and they're on a mission to help one million small businesses and feed one billion people by giving back. In fact, if you go to their website, you can fill out a form right now. They will give you a personalized video review of your website and help you with some strategies for free. Just tell them Top Radio May sent you. Go check them out, rewebbed.com. Combat flags, they do flags like the one behind me and the original combat flag, which is a four by six inch flag made by fatigues that are donated to combat flags from soldiers that wore them. And the cool thing is every combat flag that comes out to you has the story of the soldier that wore that fatigue. They have donated close to $80,000 to stop soldier suicide, a great organization. Go check them out, Combat Flags. Rep Sports, look, this is not your typical supplement store. These guys have everything and they taste great and it's good prices. Protein, weight loss, muscle build, pre-workout, you name it, they've got it. Plus, they're the makers of Ray's Energy. Like I said, go check them out. Rep Sports at TopRatedMMA.com. Use the code TopRatedMMA for 15% off your order and go order them today. Jeremy, you're a husband, you're a father, you're the Ballard Fighting Challenge Bantamweight Champion. You're also the owner of Clean Cut Killers. Thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I've been watching the show, actually, so it's, uh, it's kind of cool to finally get to come on. Right on, man. Right on. Well, I like to start back at the beginning, man. Where'd you grow up? What was childhood like for you? So normally I'm used to pe people giving you like this um, sob story almost. But honestly, um, no, man, I had, I had a great childhood. That's uh, awesome. You know, both, uh, uh, kind of was spoiled. I was the only child. Um, <laughs> had it made. Just started practicing when I was 12. There we and go. for me, my coping mechanisms are to... Uh, occupy my time so i don't think about the negative things that have happened or like things like that and so it just i don't know i guess where i found training at such a young age and that was my crutch that now even at you know 11 years later it's still my obsession so yeah oh that's awesome man well like i mentioned you just won the valor fighting challenge bantamweight championship congratulations again but how did you go out and celebrate and Obviously, you're in the gym now, but I was going to say, do you take a break or do you get right back in the gym and start training again? So I um, I went I went home, well, uh, to the uh, Airbnb that we got, and I ate, like, three tacos, a bag of chips, and, like, 12 cupcakes. Nice. And I went to, like, a sugar cone. And then I uh, took Sunday off. I was let down Monday. I was meant to train Monday morning before we came back. Just looking at your record, man, according to Tapology, you were, you're 3-0, and three first-round finishes there. But in 2019, you had three canceled fights. What happened with those, man? Oh, man. So, uh, and truthfully, there was actually, I believe it was five or six. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. That Tapology, um, it just like the bout had ended up getting scrapped before the promoter had even put it on Tapology. Oh, so okay. I, uh, really, what happened was I had made my professional debut and I had a fight lined up with the same promotion that I'd made my debut in, and then their show fell through. Oh, and then that was one of them. They rescheduled us, and we, it was fight week. Two days out, my opponent got sick, um, like super sick. I'm not even going to pretend that he was just scared or anything. I'm not that guy. Yeah, he was sick, so he couldn't compete. And uh, 
so then we we got one lined up with King of the Cage, and then their whole event canceled, which is almost never happens. I think they said they had had only like one other show ever cancel. Oh jeez. We moved that one over to the fight for it card, and I got to finally fight it. That was when I fought Dre on. Right. And then after that, I was supposed to fight Fatty Schumann uh, March 14th, and we weighed in on the 13th. Everything was good. I woke up and did my morning shakeout, and the uh, commi- or the state governor had closed it down due to COVID uh, day of the event. So No way. Finally, now we finally got to fight again. So Yeah. Wow. Now, and again, going back to Tapology, they list your amateur record as, like, the last three fights you did as an amateur, you went 0-3. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes, no. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. There are two places in the country that allow you to compete with all professional rules, even as an amateur. Oh, gotcha. That, uh, Virginia and, I believe, Michigan. And so, like, a lot of my amateur fights, I had heel hooks, knee bars, elbows, knees to the head, everything. And it was in Virginia, but it was through the UMAP sanctioning, which, in my opinion, is the best amateur sanctioning body. Um, For sure. But they don't allow hill hooks. So I went out and I took my opponent down. And I put him on a hill hook and he tapped. And where it was a fight ending sequence, they had to disqualify me. So the uh, my fight, fight kind of went my way the whole time. Yeah. And then ended in qualification. So. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Okay, awesome. I had to ask about that because a lot of guys, you know, you get three losses in a row. They're like, ah, this fighting thing's not for me. But then ever since you went pro, you're like on this terror, man, which is awesome. Yeah. It, well, yeah. For, for me as an amateur, a lot of it was, uh, you know, you've got to wake up and go to work the next day, which I mean, I still sure. do. Don't get me wrong. I, uh, yeah. You know, I'm not a big fuck shit. Yeah. But I, uh, for me, it was also like, a mental thing i could always have an out mentally uh yeah be like well when i turn pro none of this will matter anyway so right. I, that even if i didn't think that during the fight when something was going bad i felt like just having that in my subconscious uh yeah. affected how fight because i would go out there and i would fight and i would be like well anytime that it's too much i, I can you know and i never I never want to say that I took the way out. I definitely did when I very, very, very first started because I started when I was 12 uh, in yeah. boxing. Yeah. And, um, but I felt like once I turned pro, it's kind of like you you live or die by every fight. So it's like if I take that, if I lose my O, I never, ever, ever, ever get it back. Yeah. And uh, I, for me, it's either I'm going to go out there and win or die. Uh, yep. You, you either have to physically end me or – you're going to have to deal with me for now 25 minutes because I don't fight for three rounds yet or anymore until, you know, UFC or Bellator. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things you post on Instagram is you attended the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship 8. How was that event live, man? And is that something that you want to go into is like that Bare Knuckle side of things? Um, It was, okay, so never do I want to do Bare Knuckle. Okay. <laughs> um, uh but the event, uh, don't let me get, don't get me wrong. It's uh, I don't not want to do bare knuckle because I think it's bad or I think the events are poor quality or anything. Yeah. I truthfully, uh, for one, MMA is going great for me, and yeah. I feel like the exposure you can grant, gain in MMA is kind of like, uh, you know, the NFL compared to a college scale. Uh, right. But the events, not saying that those are college level athletes; those are every bit of professional. But it kind of seems to be something that people do after they're finished with MMA. Gotcha. Um, yep. But bare 
people, the event itself is absolutely amazing. I, I have had a, a lot of events that I've been to, and out of all of them, it was one of the most fun. Nice. Uh, I got to corner one of my teammates on the card. Uh, they treated us great. Like you would think that, um, you know, everybody is the most important part. Like they treat every fighter, even somebody that's on the the undercard, just like they're the main event. Um, so, nice. so nothing but good things to say about them, other than the fact that your cornerman is might as well just buy a front seat ticket because of how far they are away from the ring. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, yeah. But other than that, the events are great, man. They're a blast. Yeah. So. Oh, nice. Fighting is such a, a mental game as much as it is a physical game. How do you train on the mental side of things? Oh, man. Uh, so that is, honestly, uh, this past camp was one of the first camps that I really, really I put in that into it. Uh, okay. That, honestly, a bigger part of what I do now than, than even the physical training. I can spend four hours a day training physically, you know, between split that between some skills training and some, uh, you know, conditioning. Yeah. But your, your mentality, you can train anytime. So I would find myself training that for two hours a day, you know, uh, just visualizing the success. And truthfully, I had visualized it so much for this last one that by the time I fought, uh, and I, I'm not a crier. I ended up crying uh, after I won just because of how overwhelming it was just to see all these people that had drove, you know, that far and came out and supported me and bought the pay-per-view and stuff. But I, it wasn't over. It definitely wasn't over the belt. I, it, it felt expected. It kind of felt like I went out there and you know how when you walk across the stage for graduation, it's like you already knew you graduated. You just got to get your certificate. Yep. That's kind of how I felt. I felt like I'd already won the fight. I just had to go get my belt. Yeah, but it's I don't know. I think if if you don't visualize, you get close and then there will be that one second, you know, you're about to win the belt and your your mind, like what you see yourself as just doesn't line up with what's happening. And you almost figure out how to sabotage it. A good example I could think of that would be like Chelsea and Anderson Silva. He beat him up for five rounds. Yeah, I think his heart of line up with what he was doing and he found a way to sabotage it himself. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. How much of a factor does your faith play in your fight game? Um, absolutely a thousand percent. Uh, every, so one of the commentators uh, felt the need to make a remark about how long I uh, took to pray before I entered the cage this past time. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's something like, uh, I don't know if Mitchell's taking a nap or saying a prayer, but uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, a thousand percent because... For me, one of the last things I always say before I enter is, uh, you know, I, I pray that you allow both my opponent and I to leave this cage with no injuries that will uh, affect our lives moving forward. And that once I step through this cage, I operate completely off of a flow state and have 100% confidence in everything that I do that I don't second guess it. Come and on. Just, just saying that and asking for it, when I go in there, uh, I, it's like I compete with complete confidence. But before I used to do that, I would I would find myself second thinking like, man, what if I let my right hand go and he catch? But for me, it also means that whatever happens in that event, it doesn't matter to me because good or bad, I will never make the mistake that I made. And there was some errors that I made in this fight. I love it. I'm a believer as well, man. And so I, I think it's awesome that you are openly out there praying before you step in the cage and and really just praying for safety, man. Really, really cool of you to do that. How did you get the nickname Adonis or is it Adonis? How do you say that? 
Adonis. Uh, the Adonis, it's um, it's from Greek mythology. And, yeah. Uh, so uh, it's so the story of how I got it um, is kind of so. There's two stories. There's one of how I got it, and one of how I ended up using it as a fight name. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I started out as Pretty Boy, and for me, it, and I got that name because I would fight, and my hair wouldn't get messed up. And I always cared about how my hair looked, as you can probably tell by the 14 times I fixed it. <laughs> but I, uh, so I ran with Pretty Boy for a while, and then I was like, if I'm 27 and I'm still being called Boy, that's for one, it's kind of strange to me, and two, it's such a creative character type name. I feel like, like you scroll through the presets and Pretty Boy's there, you know? Yeah. So, I felt like if I ever wanted to be taken serious, I needed to have something with originality. And I was at the gym one day, and I had a guy call me the Adonis, which apparently is a Greek mythology character that they refer to as like the uh, Greek. The, I don't want to call him. I don't think he was a god, but he was a, a symbol of male perfection. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I very humble. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I like. I was, I'm not like a, I'm not a Pokemon fan or anything, but I remembered from my childhood that Pokemon evolved. And I was like, well, Pretty Boy was the, the kid me. And yeah. the Adonis is what I've evolved into, you know? So I was an amateur and we were talking about how my career kind of flopped back and forth. And, um, which I was actually 14 and seven as an amateur. And oh, okay. I didn't list it, uh, because MMA just became legal in West Virginia five years ago. Wow. So the, Sporting factor of that was uh, very poor at first. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take all the baggage, all the back and forth, and leave that with the pretty boy name. And I am, uh, you know, I'm grown now. I'm experienced. I've matured. I, uh, I'm professional. I'm the Adonis. Uh, yeah. Adonis is defeated. So. Nice. Nice, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. And for folks who don't know about the uh, Clean Cut Killers, man, what's this all about? You know, what what is Clean Cut Killers, man? Okay, so um, it's it's a clothing brand that actually started out as my pit, uh, my coach's picture caption. So oh, my okay. coach one time had a picture of all of us at some fights, and he put a group of Clean Cut Killers. And I was like, that's catchy. Yeah. And so I kind of ran with it. I made a couple of shirts and uh, everybody at, like the regional scene kind of liked it. And I was I, I never really pushed it because I was like, I'm just an amateur fighter with a, you know, not not a split record, but not like a great record. Yeah. And I didn't really have anything to run with it. And then I uh, so I kind of made me some clothes with it and kind of made it a hashtag, but never really did anything with it. My wife one day was like, you know, you've, you've kind of developed a following and stuff since you turned pro. Maybe you should really try to run with it. I was like, well, that's great. I just, you know, I work three jobs. I, you know, I have my little girl. I, I train all the time, but where, where's the time to do this? Yeah. And so I, she was like, you know what, I'll, I will run it and stuff. If you'll just kind of be like the figurehead of it. And I was like, absolutely. You know, if, if you feel like you can do that, then that's what we'll do. And so yeah. then became an official clothing brand. And now we're looking actually to move into, um, you know, shin guards, gloves, uh, rash guards, uh, pants, and actually even like protein powders, BCAs and stuff like that. So oh, nice. we're looking to make a, um, an overall company that one day I can hopefully sponsor other fighters and uh, help, you know, help them, you know, 
build up as well and makes it a career for them as well. I love it, man. That's awesome, dude. I love the entrepreneurial side of things, man. That's so cool, dude. To me, is the guy in the corner of the room that you're like, oh, I could pick on him. And then he's the one in reality that you should have, he's the last guy you should have messed with. Kind of like your Jackie Chan, your Bruce Lee. You know, yeah. they're not big, scary looking guys, but they are very dangerous. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what I'm, I, I like. Uh, that, that's what inspires me in martial arts is not the guy that goes out there and has a slugfest. Those are fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but the guy that kind of goes out there and you have this one guy and he's tearing everybody up and you have this, you have me and you're like, I don't know how Jeremy's going to pull it off. And these guys just keep coming out there and like fumbling the ball. It seems like uh, the, the guy that just came kind of seems to finesse everything that does what other people can't do. And that's kind of yep. what I want to be for MMA. Nice. So. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I wanted to transition to a couple fun questions here real quick before we end. I've got these things are called pod decks, essentially just random questions, man. I'm going to pull it out and see what it says. Hopefully it's not a flop here for us. Let's see. Grab one that makes sense here for us. You have $100,000. You have to donate or treat a charity. What do you do? Donate or treat a charity. Uh, right now, honestly, I would donate every bit of that to help like uh, child sex trafficking. Come on, seems like uh, the right thing to do at the time that we are we're currently in. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you have a favorite fighter? Um, outside of myself, honestly, I hate to pick Conor McGregor, man. I really do, uh, just because it's like everybody acts like if you pick Conor McGregor, you're automatically a casual. Um, <laughs> but, but I would have to say uh just because of his ability to you know to go out there and make people that are world beaters against anybody else and make them look absolutely silly uh i'm gonna have to pick him okay. outside of that um anderson silva anderson silva is my all-time favorite yeah yeah uh, the legend for sure man uh what's a favorite type of music for you or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to uh gangster rap man <laughs> really like, oh, that's uh, awesome Wu-Tang, Tupac's my favorite. Tupac's my all-time favorite. Yeah. Um, Wu-Tang, Tupac, T.I., uh, Ice Cube, N.W.A., et cetera. So. Come but on, man. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Last question for you. What's the best part about being a dad? What's the best part about being a dad? Yeah. Um, there's so many. For me, it's waking up every morning, and when I walk through the house, she's dad good morning like she's just so excited to see me or when i come home from work and she's like just seeing her little smile or when she'll learn something new and and i get to see it and i'm like i, I knew you couldn't do that a week ago and now you can yeah and it's just i don't know it's honestly just amazing it's, yep. it's like i get to play create a character with a, a real little <laughs> so i just get to armor the best i can so yeah Oh, that's amazing, man. That's awesome. Dude, it's such an honor to have you on my show, Jerry. This was a great conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time today, man. Really, really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, like I said, a big fan of the show. So, anytime. Hey, thank you so much for watching the show today. I so appreciate it. Please leave a comment down below. Leave us a review. Share this video. We want to get it in front of as many people as we can. I'm going to continue to bring on the best guests possible from world changers entrepreneurs, success-minded people, and the best up-and-coming fighters, real fighters, real stories. We are creating visionaries here on this channel. Thank you so much for checking it out. Have an awesome day.